0: So Back to the Future gave us a date on the flying cars, at least by 2015, because mm-hmm. that's when two took place. We we're all supposed to be easily flying around with our hover conversions. It's apparently pretty hard to do. Gravity's a thing, man. <laughs> yeah, Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano.
0: Coming up on 612 on Wisconsin's Morning News, big day in the Milwaukee Common Council, but also the Milwaukee County Board will start discussing, or discuss further anyway, seeking some public input on its sales tax increase. county
2: board's been fairly quiet. Hasn't it? A lot of talk about the Common Council, but the Board of Supervisors...
0: They haven't been poked as much. Smaller increase. So Milwaukee County already levies a sales tax of, what, 0.5%? And then this would allow them to increase that another 0.4%. So you'd be nearly at 1% countywide. It affects a lot more people. I mean, county population is near a million, 900-some thousand, where the city is... 500-some thousand or so. So, you know, talking almost double the amount of people that it would affect. But you're right, Eric, they haven't heard much out of the county board. So they will begin discussing it today. No vote, at least publicly, has yet been scheduled. But I'm hearing thing. end of
2: the month. Yeah, And it sounds like, you know, from some of the people that I've talked to, it sounds like Crowley has his vote short up, that, that he made sure that he had the votes. But who knows? You know, anything's always possible until they actually do it. So we'll find
0: out. So the, the double whammy for county, for county residents who live in the city of Milwaukee is they would not only get that 0.4% increase on top of what they're already paying, but then the 2% increase in right. the city. Now, there have been some neighborhood, I don't want to call them hearings, more sort of neighborhood meetings. Yes. Where common council members have been going out and meeting with their constituents. So how's that been going? <laughs> not, not a lot of people are happy about this it. This 2% sales tax isn't
1: happening in a vacuum. It's happening at the same time
2: that We Energies is asking for an 11% rate hike. It's uh, at the same time that the largest landlord in the city is doing $100 rent increases
3: across the board. It's at the same time that childcare costs are escalating, that food costs are escalating. And so
2: that was one uh, unhappy resident. Just everything seems to be going up right now. It's not now. wrong. Uh, so that was on the north side. That was for um, the new alderman, Westmoreland. He was holding that one. And to his credit, he told them before the event started hey, I'm a yes on the vote, because someone asked him and he just straight up said he wasn't going to hide behind it, which I, I give him credit for that, but not everyone was happy to hear that. We came
3: into this meeting thinking we would
4: make our voices maybe have a, an influence, but the decision's very clearly
3: already made. Which means we don't have
2: any word in So today's the vote. It looks like they have the 10 they need, especially with Westmoreland on board now.
0: Why do they need 10? Common Council's 15 members, and as the legislation was passed... And signed by the governor, they needed a two-thirds majority to avoid. You know, previously they were telling the common council, "Listen, you have to go to the voters." Yeah, that was the plan from Republicans in the state legislature: go to the voters, put it to a binding referendum. If they give you the green light, then fine, you get your two percent increase. They managed to negotiate that out. Did uh, Mayor Johnson and Executive Crawley? But so how does it go today? Do we have? Does everyone Ten to speak? five. Does everyone yes. speak
2: and talk about how awful
0: it is? Yes, everyone.
2: But I'm still voting yes. This is terrible. But here's my yes vote.
0: Everyone stands up and says all the stuff they hate about the strings attached. And fair enough. And ten of them say yes, but. And then the other five, and you think perhaps you know, President Perez of the Common Council was able to figure out who he are knows those who five, the five are? Yep, yep. Who definitely get the opportunity to go ahead and vote no? And say I never voted for this. <laughs> But it passes 10 to 5 is the prediction here. Is that the official Wisconsin's Morning News prediction? I think we'll have to go with that. 615, Brandon Snide with sports next.
1: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Major news out of college football and the Big Ten, where Northwestern head football coach Pat Fitzgerald was fired on Monday. This after 17 seasons as the head guy just days after where several former players revealed details of hazing within the football program. University President Michael Scheel said that 11 current or former players told investigators hazing has been ongoing and where former players confirmed hazing, quote, was systemic, dating back many years.
0: The ultimate responsibility of a coach is to oversee the culture of the program, and even though it couldn't be proven in the in the investigation that Pat Fitzgerald knew about these hazing incidents, he has a responsibility to protect that culture, which, in the words of President Michael Schill, is, is partly broken now after what's happened here.
1: ESPN's Adam Rittenberg detailing the failure on behalf of the former coach. Fitzgerald did release a statement on Friday, saying that he was, quote, not aware of the alleged incidents the university has gone on and named David Braun to serve as the team's intern coach. Is that coach. possible? Is there any way he wouldn't know? There's no way. Hmm. My opinion, there's there's no
0: way. Especially since head coaches of any variety there's too tend many, to be control freaks, right? Too many voices. They want to control that locker, everything yeah. that's happening, right? No about yeah. everything that's going on with It was written on the
2: whiteboard.
0: Yeah. They have photos on the whiteboard. Yeah, they have photos of it on the whiteboard.
1: So yeah, there's 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 no way. Oh uh, shift gears there from college football to major league baseball, where the stars were out last night in Seattle for the league's thirty seventh home run derby. Toronto's Vlad Guerrero Jr. outlasting Tampa Bay's Randy Arosa in the final round. Ah! T-Mobile Home Run Derby at
0: T-Mobile Park in Seattle, 16 years after his father won the Home Run Derby in San Francisco, Vlad Jr. wins it
1: in Seattle. Now that was the winner, but the highlight, Eric, we talked about it before the show, was Julio Rodriguez. Holy cow. 41 in the opening round. I'd never seen anything like that before
2: in my life. My (laughs) kids were like blown away. This guy just every hit, boom, boom, boom. I think it was
0: like eight or nine in a row at one point.
2: We had Sophia on yesterday during Brewers three sixty. She's like, people don't realize how difficult oh, it she... is to do that. Go
0: out in your driveway today and swing just pick up a bat and swing it forty times, <laughs> as fast as you can. <laughs> For and, three and minutes. report, report yeah, back yeah. <laughs> to us. <laughs> right. Six nineteen. Uh, go ahead. On Wisconsin's Morning News.
3: Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said, Mama said, Mama said
0: six twenty two on Wisconsin's Morning News. Callie Herbst is with us live this morning, co-founder of MKEWithKids.com. Morning, Callie.
4: Good morning. How are you guys?
2: Happy Prime Day, Callie.
4: Oh, happy Prime Day. Yes, this is so many people's favorite day of the year. You or no? Um, I think, you know, I might buy like one thing. I'm not huge into it. Are you guys big into this day?
2: I'm real cynical about it. I have to admit, I, I don't <laughs> like giving attention to this giant conglomerate that already makes billions of dollars and puts other companies out of business.
4: But so the market
2: for a TV. <laughs> I'm the wrong person I, I hear you.
4: You know what though? I, I do follow a couple of local, um, I guess you'd call them influencers, but they, they curate these. I mean, prime invites them to like a convention to, you know, hype this up. And then they, share the deals, get commissions. And they oh. do say that there are lots of small businesses that do, you know, are very much helped by Amazon and, and having their products on there. So okay. I don't know, I guess there's two sides. Yeah. You that know, makes I can, me feel
2: better.
0: Uh, I can vouch for that. You know, my wife runs a small business and she likes to support local as much as possible, likes to support sure. brick and mortar. Even if it's a, if even if it's a big chain, likes to go to, you know, where jobs are created in our community and whatever, but sometimes like the dollars and cents, they just don't add up. And there are huge savings that way.
4: Yeah, it's true. It's true. I know right now there are, um, like I was looking on her page and truly there are, if you've been eyeing something like a more expensive car seat or a more expensive double stroller or an espresso maker for your house, I mean, there are some great deals to be had. You can save like $100, you know what I mean? So it might be worth it.
0: 100 bucks is $100. Bucks. Is, hey, I, right. I want to ask bucks. you about something I saw at mkewithkids.com that resonated with me. And you know, I'll read the first line of the list that you've got up. When your kids start <laughs> rolling their eyes about some of the things you used to do together as a family, it might be time to switch things up a bit. If you've got kids who are approaching the, the tweens or the teens, right, it's hard to find family stuff that they get excited about.
4: It's true. And I've had, I had a lot of readers ask about, okay, what do I do with my, you know, 11, 12 year olds are starting to, it's just that that new age and what are some fun things to do around the city? And I think, you know, they get to this age and you do kind of have to um, give a little more effort into thinking about what's really going to be fun for the whole family. And it's just another transition. So yeah, we've got a nice list up, you know, rock climbing places, Go karts. I mean, who like if you have a if you have a tween or teen son or I guess daughter. I mean, go karts could be really fun. That that's out in Waukesha at Accelerate Indoor Speedway. So there are a lot of places around town. And yeah, we needed to get something up there because a lot of readers were asking.
0: Can I double down on the go kart suggestion? I'm telling you, like the first time my kids got behind the wheel of a vehicle, largely was like when they were learning how to drive. And I think back to when I was a kid, we rode go-karts all the time. We at least had some experience. I'm serious. Like, my kids got behind the wheel, and they're like, what do I do now?
4: So you're suggesting that they learn to drive and accelerate indoor speedway. I like it, yeah. At least get um, them behind the wheel. Yeah, and if you want to get them behind the wheel in a safer, like, um, setting, there's a really fun place in Brookfield called Whirly Ball. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then there's a game component to it.
4: Yeah. So it's it's bumper cars and then you like scoop up a whistle ball and try to get it into the goal. So it's like hockey, lacrosse, bumper cars. Um, it's a really fun game for all ages. I mean, even just adults for an outing, a company outing or whatever. But if you have older kids, it might be a really fun thing to do together as a family.
0: Hey, you also listed arcades. You found a number of kind of old school arcades and stuff that's fun for, for the whole family because I'll, I'll go to yeah. that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And then family um up down Milwaukee is like a, a, an arcade bar, um, which obviously you can't take kids to, but they do a family day every month. And it's a really cool place. The other thing I think that kids would love that I actually have to add to this list is like an escape room. Um, these escape rooms can be really fun for older kids as a family. Yes. If you guys want to work together and try to, you know get the clues right and and escape the room together it's kind of a team building thing too for your family
0: list is up right now mkewithkids.com thanks kelly thank you 20 minutes before 7 o'clock on this Tuesday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. How long have we been talking about flying cars? Forever. Since since when we were kids, right? Yeah. Oh, there's going to be flying cars. Mm-hmm. Since the uh, second Back to the Future movie. Since at least the end of the first. <laughs> hey, Doc,
3: you better back up. We don't have enough road
0: to get up to 88. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh. <laughs> and then it was like forever till the movie came out, to right. the second but, one, right? To be continued. Years years later you still contend the original didn't say to be continued right
2: i believe the original film on the silver screen yes. did not say to be continued it just went into the thing <laughs> and went to because and you I were mem- left I wondering i saw, it, I saw it, it in the theater
0: i would have remembered the to be continued so the delorean hovers and poof, takes yeah. off and you think oh so back to the future gave us a date on the flying cars at least by 2015, because mm-hmm. that's when two took place. We we're all supposed to be easily flying around with our hover conversions. It's apparently pretty hard to do. Gravity's a thing, man. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, Deb, we are closer today than perhaps we ever have been. Wow, I'm going 3D the, in my traffic big reasons reports. the why we did not have flying cars for 100 years is because the energy density, energy efficiency. Wait, let me give you that again here. Uh, this is the CEO of Aleph Aeronautics, Jim Duchovny. The, one of the big reasons why we did not have flying cars for 100 years is because the energy density, energy efficiency. Energy density, energy efficiency. Okay, yeah. makes sense. We didn't have enough power. We didn't have the 1.21 gigawatts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which actually was used to fuel the time circuits, right? Now, technically, we already have flying cars. They're called planes. I suppose, right? Uh, again, Alif Aeronautics, Jim DeCovney. he is taking pre-orders right now on a $300,000 flying car. He was giving an interview there with Fox News, and company says they've got it figured out. There are propellers, as you can see, like, for example, in what you're showing right now, they're just hidden. They're mm. hidden inside. Um, they're hidden inside, and they are protected by the mesh, right? So it allows, on one hand, air, air flows through. On the other hand, it creates a solid body, solid car body. Did you look at the, the pictures y- of this thing? Yeah, so it
2: looks like a ball for a cockpit, right? Like a large ball with like two yeah. flaps on
0: both sides. You know what it looks like? You know what the cockpit looks like? It looks like the, the gunner's seat in a, <laughs> in, a bu- in one of the old World War II flying <laughs> yes. fortress aircraft. Yes, exactly. It's like You're, a bubble. Yes. Right. And then you have like these two random flaps that move on the side. Yeah, the car is a two-seater. It's fully battery operated. The frame of the vehicle, though, you heard him mention mesh it it is like a mesh now i imagine it's super strong because it has to still withstand the possibility of a crash and all Birds. these other things right but it's not it's not like your standard thing that you shine up right where it's where it's solid it's it's kind of almost looks like chain link okay and that allows it obviously to be very light and then the thing kind of lifts off like a drone with powerful propellers underneath that that gets it airborne And then the car turns in the air, operating more like a plane. It's actually turning the car, and now you have a biplane mode, a very efficient mode mode flying with zero extra weight from the ground car. Here are the specs. 200 miles of road range, a little over 100 miles through the air. Aleph Aeronautics, backed by Elon Musk's SpaceX.
2: See, I don't like... I, why does Why whenever we talk about new flying cars or flying devices, do they have to look dramatically different? Why can't we just use what already works? We've seen drones that are large and small operate very efficiently. Remarkably well, you can operate them from a great distance even why don't we just do a, a drone with the with the choppers on the side that lifts up and moves forward that I, seems like a better idea to me because we think know it they're works. just
0: too darn heavy uh, and like when we went to drones when uh, when I was at channel four and we uh, got rid of the chopper chopper four and then a number of our photographers got trained and certified to operate drones Sure. and so that's a pretty sizable drone with the camera the size of the camera that we have on it and whatever. So I don't know how how big is this? You like the size, little bit like like the size of a basketball, basketball. maybe. Yeah, but I, there are drones that we use overseas that are enormous. Okay, but this thing, like size of a basketball, to be up, and that's obviously light compared to a car. Fifteen minutes. It's about what we would get out of the battery. Oh, power. For the battery. Yeah. And then the thing, you know, ten minutes in, it's dee dee dee. Need to come back. Need to come back. I mean, you can't have a flying car for seven minutes, right? <laughs> These things are really super heavy. Every so time I think
2: you're going to work, it starts dropping I'm Sorry, gotta gotta <laughs> land now.
0: Right, and then you have to land still in the traffic you were trying to avoid. <laughs> Talk about a new merge lane. Dang it! Bad enough, right? Three D traffic. Baby. Some guy's trying to merge from happen. above you now. Gonna happen. 3D traffic, I like to say. And then a bunch of flying planes from Illinois, they just zip right on by (laughs) and then they try to squeeze in at the last minute. (laughs) Oh, on a boat. So only 10 years behind Back to the Future, but they think they'll have these flying cars by 2025. They have received FAA approval to continue testing and have limited use. Where we're going, we don't need roads.
3: Doors. (laughs)
1: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Northwestern head football coach Pat Fitzgerald was fired on Monday. This just days after where several former players de- revealed details of hazing within the football program. Fitzgerald said in a statement that he was, quote, not aware of the alleged incidents the university has gone on and named David Braun to serve as the team's interim coach. The Milwaukee Brewers announced Monday that the team will induct former pitcher Ben Sheets into the Walk of Fame on August 26th. Sheets spent eight of his ten seasons in the league with the Brewers during his time in the Major League. Sheets was named to the National League All-Star team four times and became the first Brewers pitcher to start in an All-Star game in 2008. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers are currently sitting just one game from the top spot in the National League Central. It's amazing when you actually sit back and think about the way this team and manager Craig Council have overcome so many obstacles to be in the position that they are currently in. And to nobody's surprise, there always seems to be more questions than answers for most other teams at this time of year. For the Brewers, the biggest question remains, sure, you can keep pace with the Cincinnati Reds and Probably go on to win the division. But is that all that you desire? That question needs to be and will likely be answered by owner Mark Ananasio come the trade deadline on August 1st. Currently, as the standings sit, outside of Atlanta, the National League, to me at least, is seemingly wide open. Would a big-time trade for, let's say, a big-time bat serve as the final piece for the Brewers to compete this season? If it were up to me, I would seriously consider making a major trade for that, the opposite of what this team did a season ago when they sent Josh Hader away, which we all know ultimately backfired on a promising season. You have a plethora of young talent here in Milwaukee and in the minor leagues and a few players on expiring deals coming up in the near future. General Manager Matt Arnold has done a marvelous job since taking over in October and whichever direction the team decides to go in will likely be the right one.
0: Tuesday morning on Wisconsin's Morning News, we're at 6.54, and Lori Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, is with us at this time on Tuesdays. We're day one, Lori, into our new format here. It's going on. It's going great. <laughs> How do you think it's going? I love it. Thank you. It's a soft launch. There are a few things that are a little bit clunky, as we mentioned. We started the show at 6 o'clock this morning instead of 5 o'clock. And there are some formatic changes that you'll be noticing. For the most part, it should sound the mm-hmm. same, but yes. we're still figuring some things out. So Lori comes in today, and Eric and I are kind of <laughs> <we're laughs> talking with Pancake, <laughs> who produces <laughs> the show in the back. And we're like, what about this? <laughs> should this go here? Oh, my gosh. How do we look yeah, today? You, we look organized? You and- look,
3: yeah, you look tan and refreshed, at least, <laughs> oh, yeah. so, and, and happy. And this is yeah.
0: Thank you. I'm glad you're here. I wanted to talk to you about an article that you had posted on JS Online recently about this young lady, a local swimmer, who's going to make a run at the Olympics but not for the U.S. team. And there are stories like this of people who have lineage to other countries who try to find a way to make the Olympics in any way they can.
3: Right. Um, Ami Barrow is 19 years old. She's from Shorewood, and she literally went from a canceled high school season there during the pandemic, just like all those kids did, and missing prime recruiting time for colleges to winning the state championship, not once, but three times, three different um, levels, and then she's a walk on at Brown University. <laughs> and by the way, pre med. So, you know, smart. Oh, so she's smart right. too. Oh, Great. My, I know. I just like, <laughs> Not you know, fair. I wonder you know, can you save me or run for president? <laughs> one of the two, medical or whatever. But now she's such a good swimmer, and her times have caught up with. Um, her ability and her potential because she's in the water and able to do the regimen that she wants to do, she realized at Brown, where she swam very well and even qualified for the Ivy League Championships, this really prestige event, um, prestigious event, she realized she had the times to qualify for her father's native country, which is the Gambia. So she lives in Shorewood since she was eight years old, but her mom is from Finland and her dad is from the Gambia. And her mom said, hey, you know, you could swim in the Olympics. All you have to do to, is go to Japan later this month and qualify at the world Championships." Oh. So there are certain caveats. She has to do this international competition, I believe, in about a week, week and a half. Um, but she just has to represent the country. And with her times that she's been posting, she'll be in. Is this unprecedented
2: or does this <laughs> happen
3: from time to time? This does happen. When I went to Beijing for... For the Winter Games last year, I covered a woman from California who was a snowboarder for Malta. (laughs) And so if you have the lineage, if the generation above you is from one of these countries, um, from another country, you can qualify. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a medal contender. It doesn't mean that you're going to even make it past the qualifying rounds to semifinals or anything like that. But it means that you can get a ticket and there's different ways to qualify. Different countries have different spots um, that are just guaranteed to them. Other countries, you have a certain number amount that they can allot to people. And so the Gambia wanted her on the team and wants and wants this arrangement to happen. You
0: know, I just saw Bonnie Blair last week, who is not only one of the great speed skaters of all time, one of the great Olympians of all time, hands down last week. And we were talking, Lori, about just how hard it is to be among the elite on the planet in any discipline.
3: You know, and that's what Ami is interested in. She's interested in another challenge. She's not going to take a year off of school. She's still going to be... So in her free time, she's going to be in the Olympics. She's a remarkable young woman, and she likes this challenge. It's a great opportunity to swim internationally, and the Olympic experience is so unique. You know, some of us have been debating whether or not the Olympics are going to stick around. There's a lot of financial implications, environmental implications. You know, what if they're two generations? from now, we don't have the Olympics anymore. So she's really taking advantage of this opportunity to see what she can do with her times. And she has a year that she can still improve, um, but again, she's still going to school. She's just, just a remarkable young woman.
0: The story is up at JS Online right now. Lori Nickel with us on Tuesday mornings. Great to see you, Lori. Good stuff. Great to see you. Thank you. It is 6.58. It's time for the business headlines. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal. Sean Ryan. A Milwaukee company that handles
2: shipping for online retailers plans to double its workforce to 60 people with a move to a larger warehouse near Milwaukee Mitchell Airport. Atomics Logistics was founded in 2019. Whitefish Bay Pizza Restaurant Trouble & Sons has closed, with its owners saying the pandemic and tight labor market have taken their toll. The city of Port Washington is trying to sell 40 acres along Highway 33 for a subdivision development. The city has owned that land since 2000, but only recently cleared up an issue with its potential future sewer service. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.